God's work in the world has always been about words. God uses words in amazing ways and has used words throughout time to draw us in. Today in our gospel lesson, we are in chapter 5 of Luke's gospel. Already in chapter 5 of Luke's gospel, Jesus has begun to draw a crowd. Jesus has been doing lots of things with words that has captured people's attention. His reputation has spread widely because he's been doing things like teaching in the temple. We know that as he goes to the temple, as he teaches in the synagogues, people are being drawn to him because of the words that he is speaking. Beyond that, just before this chapter, this story that we heard today, Jesus has healed a man of his possession, of the demons that were in him. And that kind of healing, the words that he spoke to heal that man, is something that people could not get enough of. And so as we get to chapter 5 today, as we get to chapter 5, Jesus is being surrounded by people so much that as the crowd presses in on him, Jesus has to retreat. And Jesus retreats all the way down to the coast, and they still press in, and so Jesus hops on the boat of a fisherman there having spent a long night not catching much at all. And that fisherman, Simon, rows Jesus back out onto the water and Jesus sits down in the boat and begins to teach the crowd. And so imagine this scene. Jesus is trying to teach the crowd, but the crowd is so large that he can no longer address everyone. And so what he does, brilliantly, is he uses the acoustics of the water he goes out on the boat a little ways from shore as people are standing there on the beach, and he's able to speak across the water that magnifies his voice so that everyone can hear. His words have power. So I was thinking about how words have power this week, and I was thinking about testimonials. Testimonials are those stories that people tell about how their life has been affected in a positive way, how their life has been transformed or changed for the good. Lots of times, people tell testimonials in churches. Churches are filled with testimonies. Oh, not Episcopal churches. I mean, <laughs> we don't do that. But perhaps we should. Because testimonies are powerful. When people use their own words to tell their own story, it can be so affecting that you remember it for a very long time. This week, something really great happened, and you may have heard about it. Jubilee Park, where we founded over 20 years ago, got an excellent grant from the Crystal Charity Ball. We should be very proud of the work that Jubilee does and how they were recognized with this grant that's going to really help them over the next few years do some pretty amazing stuff to help people in the community around Jubilee. But what really stuck with me is in their presentation, one of their new young staffers got up and told her story. Her story, growing up in the Jubilee neighborhood, was rough. She had older siblings, she had parents who weren't around as much as they should, and mostly because they just didn't know any different. And she, luckily, was at the right age, at the right time, and got in with the community center at Jubilee, and the people there started showing her a way forward, giving her ideas about what she could be. And so by the time she was in high school, she decided she wanted to go to college and ended up going all the way to Syracuse, because I don't think she realized how cold it was. 
And it totally changed her entire life. And standing there on the platform, telling this story to all the members of that charity group was powerful. Her testimony to the way that people had helped change her life, I think, was one of the most important reasons why they decided to support Jubilee's mission. See, when we know that organizations make a difference, when we know that people make a difference, we naturally want to be part of that work. Today in our gospel lesson, we see that Jesus is making such a difference that people cannot help but be brought to him. So how do we use our words? I think it's important for us to not just read stories from the Bible and like them. It's also important that we don't hear stories about other people doing things like that today and like those stories, but instead claim that we have stories too. Claim that we have power in the words that we can tell other people that could show them an opportunity to change and transform their life as well. Jesus uses words to bring people into him. Jesus often, in the Bible, will ask someone for something in order to kind of get an in with them. We see that multiple times. Today, Jesus is on the boat, and he's taught the crowds, and he turns to Simon, who is exhausted. He said he's been fishing all night and not done anything. And he says, why don't you just throw your nets over again? And can you imagine this, professional fishermen? who have not really had a good night, this random guy who's sitting in their boat says, try again. Well, it's not the right time of day. They've already been trying for hours. Okay, strange man, we'll throw our nets over again. And when they do, they are overwhelmed. Jesus makes a little ask, hey, just why don't you throw your nets over again? And when they do, they are now connected in a real way that allows Jesus to make an even bigger ask. Why don't you leave those nets behind? Why don't you leave your boats behind? Why don't you leave your life behind and follow me? Now, had he just said, follow me, they would have totally ignored him, right? That doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what you're saying. But the fact that he used his words with a little ask and they saw his power, they were able then to turn, leave, and follow. We see this over and over again with Jesus. The one story that came to my mind was the woman at the well. Jesus walks up and doesn't simply speak to her first about her. He asks for a drink of water. Can you get me some water? And so she draws him water, and then Jesus starts telling her everything about herself. That kind of ask connects people. And it's a model we can use too, because we have the power to actually connect people to a life beyond themselves. There is a video I wish I could show you, because I love videos. I have been thinking if we installed a screen that dropped down out of the ceiling, yeah, no, just kidding. <clears throat> no, I like my job. I'm not gonna install a screen in the church. I'm gonna have it come out of the floor instead, um, no. I wish, though, I could show you this video about two neighbors who have a misunderstanding with their words. 
One neighbor is at home, just tending his garden, working in the yard, and his other neighbor pulls up in the driveway next to him, and the neighbor who's tending the yard says, it kind of thinks, you hear his, his mind say, you know, he's getting home from church. He comes home from church every Sunday, but he's never asked me to go to church with him. And as the neighbor pulls up, you hear in his mind, I wonder if he'd like to come over for lunch. And so he gets out of his car and he starts walking across the yard and the neighbor working in the yard is thinking, oh, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day he's going to ask me to go to church with him. The neighbor who's walking across, having come from church, says, hey, neighbor. He said, hello. And he says, would you like to come? And the neighbor says, to church? And the guy said, to eat lunch. Wait, what? You want to go to church? No. And the guy said, no, I don't want to go to church. I want to eat lunch. No, well, you want... I thought you just said church. No, I said church. No, church, lunch, what? (laughs) And what's funny about this video is that it's probably most of us. We go to church and we like church. We like being here. We like the people that we see when we're here and then we go home. Somebody knows that we've been to church. Somebody knows this is important to you. And that person also knows you've never asked them to go with you. And so how many people might know that this kind of discipleship life, being Christian, being a part of this church, matters to you enough that you actually want them to come with you? You see, those are easy words. It's a very easy thing to do. And yet inviting someone to come with you somewhere that matters to you has such profound power. So this week, I want you to imagine opportunities and prepare yourselves for those opportunities where you might be able to actually use your words in such a powerful way, sharing something about you, being a bit vulnerable, but not just leaving it there, bringing people with you. Because you see, everybody out there wants to be a part of something bigger, wants to have purpose, wants to be useful. And this is the kind of purpose that will deeply satisfy their needs. We all have power. Your words have power. This week, see if you can use a few and perhaps even change someone else's life in the process. Amen.